Hey, Crime Sound listeners, and welcome back. I'm Ashley. And I'm Ricky. In this week's episode, we will talk about a case of a young boy who was being held captive while living in neglect. He was being abused and mistreated for four years, all by people who should be giving him the most love, his dad and stepmother. And these were problems that sprouted from money, family separation, distance, and greed. This is the story of Gregory Jean Jr. It was 2010 when Gregory was nine years old, living with his brother and mother in Orlando, Florida. His dad wasn't really in the picture, especially since he was living in Georgia. And his mom and dad were never married, but they were separated. And although his dad was living in Georgia, he still wanted to be a part of his kids' lives. Well, so he says. And his mother agreed and felt, you know, it would be okay to let his two sons go and visit their father in Georgia. Their father's name was Gregory Jean Sr. And he was married to a woman named Samantha Davis. And they had their own family. They had three kids together. So the two boys went alone to Georgia to meet with their father. From what we know, everything went fairly well. But when it was time to leave, Gregory was forced to stay in Georgia with his dad and stepmom while his brother, Sammy, went home to his mom. And his stepmom basically brainwashed him into believing that his mom didn't want him anymore and that he would be better to stay at home with his dad. Now this part is a little confusing and we weren't able to really find anything about the details of how Lisa, the mom, reacted to only one of her boys arriving home back to Florida or any information of Gregory Sr. actually explaining that to her. It kind of makes me think that Lisa lets Gregory Jr. maybe stay behind. Yeah, exactly. Or maybe Gregory Sr. actually told her that, you know, he disappeared or something like that. But at the same time, wouldn't they call the cops or at least go look for him? I mean, the boy was gone for four years. Yeah, and during those four years, his mom claims that she had no clue where he was, although he would call her every once in a while from wherever he was. So why is this situation happening? Why didn't Gregory Jr. just go home to his mother after the visit? Well, his father and stepmother, Samantha, were paying child support to their biological mother to raise Gregory. And even though the two were never married, they did have an informal agreement for Gregory Sr. to pay child support for the boys. So Gregory Sr. and the stepmother, Samantha, had a brilliant idea to just not return one of the boys, just so that they could avoid some of the child support and only pay for one boy. And along with this, the stepmom figured that his mother, Lisa, would most likely not get a hold of the police about it because she was an immigrant from Haiti. This case was often explained as a Cinderella case, like he was living like Cinderella. He was pretty much the black sheep of the family, living with three stepbrothers. And he wasn't even welcome in the house. In fact, he was hardly ever allowed to even attend family things like dinner or watch TV or even sleep in the house like his three stepbrothers did. And during Christmas, he would participate, but never got any gifts. 
they would just go straight to the other three boys. And at times he was forced to stay in a small space behind a fake wall in a linen cupboard in the attic of the garage, where it was very uncomfortable, small, and very lonely. He would also spend cold nights sleeping on a cot in the garage on an empty stomach with only a small, thin blanket. He was basically being kept as a prisoner who was continuously humiliated, abused, and forced to work as a maid, being forced to work around the house and out in the backyard, and if his stepmother did not like the end results of his chores, he would be beaten with a stick. All of this while his stepbrothers played games and had fun and lived a very normal life. Now, while we were researching this case, I kept wondering what the biological mother was thinking. At first, I thought she must have been at home like all the other mothers that have a missing child, continuing with their life, but still searching and praying that they will see their child again. But something feels different about this case. I mean, to me, it kind of seems like the mom had an idea of where he was, but she just didn't have the power to do anything. And it made me question so many things, like the fact that she reported her son missing to child services, but not to the actual police. And the fact that no one was able to track him down is kind of crazy to me. I mean, this is between 2010 and 2014. We had the technology, we had digital records, like this wasn't the 1950s. I don't know, to me it just seems like a lot of people really dropped the ball here and this should have all been avoided from the start. However, Gregory Jr. wasn't cut out of his mother's life completely. He was able to talk to her on the phone every so often, but the call would be on speaker and Gregory would be directed on what he can and can't say by the family. So his mother knew he was okay, but she never actually knew where he was or what condition he actually was in. And even though it should have just been obvious that he's at his dad's house, you know, the last place he was before he went missing. Okay, and I mean, this is purely speculation, but what if Lisa was living here illegally? I mean, it's kind of implied whenever Samantha, the stepmom, said that she didn't think that she would contact the police. I don't know, maybe she was here on a visa and that visa expired or something. I mean, it's kind of what it's all starting to seem like. That would be something that would give them power over her, you know? She's not going to go to the police. She's not going to incriminate herself. I don't know. It's kind of like a blackmail thing. And I think it's very possible because the stepmom, Samantha, was a real monster. She was actually on probation in 2004 for a child cruelty incident, where she actually tried to cut off her biological son's tongue with hot scissors. It was said that she had a horrible temper, and she was pretty much just a bad person. And something else that I found interesting is Gregory Jr. still attended school in Atlanta while living with his dad. And at first I was thrown off by this because I just looked at it as a missing case, assuming that, you know, they had the son locked away somewhere and and he never saw sunlight or the public or, you know, something like that. But this was kind of like a hidden in plain view type of thing. And while Gregory was attending school, he actually reached out to his school counselor to get help. He told her the situation at home, so alarmed by this, the school actually set up a visit with the home. And I'm not sure if this was a secret visit or if this is something they had planned, but obviously here, the family either knew about it or got a tip, because before they actually came to visit, 
The cot that he would sleep on in the garage and the bucket they forced him to use to go to the bathroom, it was all out of sight and hidden away. We're going to take a quick break here to tell you about BetterHelp. BetterHelp is an online service that I personally use for my mental health. They provide a number of professional licensed counselors who specialize in all situations that may be interfering with your happiness. It's seriously my personal outlet to get my mind right. It's affordable. It's so convenient. I decided to give BetterHelp a shot when I was going through a very anxious part of my life. So I just signed up and I was matched with an amazing counselor who was so willing to talk with me right away. We actually set up a video chat later in the week to catch up. We are all so busy. Give yourself the care that you need today. Start living a happier life. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash crime salad. Join over 800,000 people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash crime salad. And when they got there, they actually made it appear like they were living this normal life and had a really loving home. And this part kind of bugs me because I think this is an example of yet another group dropping the ball and letting yet another red flag just get swept under the rug here. And I understand they didn't find anything, but shouldn't there be more of like a follow-up? I mean, of course the family's gonna pretend that everything's okay. They're not gonna just admit to what they're doing. And then right after this, what does the family do? They pull the kid out of school and they say that they're going to homeschool him. And guess what? The school again just agrees. They wave goodbye, wish him good luck, and that's kind of just how it went. And I mean, child services were notified that something strange was going on, but authorities never really looked much further into this situation. So again, it's just kind of swept under the rug. Samantha just kept playing it off like she was a great mother, great stepmother, homeschooling him and taking good care of him. But really, he was being kept as a prisoner. This young boy at the age of 9 to 13 was living a life of hell. Like seriously, this would be a horrible feeling, like all hope is pretty much lost. But her pulling him out of school is a huge red flag. Obviously, something was going on here. And I could not imagine being that young and being held captive, not knowing what to do or having no one to go to for help. And now that he was out of school, he lost the one last thing that was normal about his life. But Gregory refused to give up hope. And while he didn't have many options, he was able to come up with a pretty clever plan. Just for a quick time check, he now had been living with his father and stepmother for four years. Gregory Jr., who was now 13 years old, managed to talk his father into giving him a cell phone, although it didn't have an active cell service. However, Gregory Jr. was able to connect the smartphone to Wi-Fi. And once he was able to do this, he downloaded an app called Magic Jack, which is basically an app that allows you to make calls with a Wi-Fi connection. He then used the app to connect to his mother to ask for help. And when his mother received the message from him, she called the police and told them that her son was being held at the home against his will. 
and so they drive to the house. But when they got there, Gregory was nowhere to be found. His stepmother forced him to hide behind a fake wall in the attic of the garage and warned him not to make a sound. While the police are there, they question the family. Gregory Sr. and Samantha denied ever seeing the boy and went on to tell the officers that they haven't seen the boy in years. The police searched around the house and the property, shouting his name until they were ordered to leave by their supervisor. When the police left, his stepmother was so furious and had his stepbrother punch him in the face with disrespect and pushed him down the stairs. He was so close to being free. And now all he could do was sit in silence and wait. He must have been so devastated and so heartbroken. So I think this part about the stepbrother punching him in the face and being angry with him is kind of an interesting thing because when we were researching this, we don't really know the ages of the, the stepbrothers and we didn't really know the relationship they had with him. But with this event, we can kind of assume that they knew he was the black sheep of the family. They were old enough to know that he was being treated differently than they were. So I don't know. I think that's kind of interesting. Yeah, you're right. Because at first, like, we didn't know if they were toddlers or if they were kids. But these three brothers were teenagers. They were much older than Gregory. So they knew what they were doing. They knew what was going on. But this didn't keep him down for long. And luckily, they didn't take the phone from him. After things calmed down a bit, he contacted his mom again and gave more detail this time, even sending a picture of the garage where he was located. And when the police arrived for the second time, they were a little more serious about the search and they refused to believe their story. This time, they were set on finding the boy. Now, with more information and knowing that he's in some type of secret hideaway, police do a search of the property and come across a linen closet. It was around midnight, and after searching the house for about 30 minutes, a police officer walked up to the linen cabinet, pulled back a piece of wood, and uncovered the hidden area with Gregory sitting inside. At first, Gregory Jr. didn't react and seemed to be in a daze, but he quickly realized he was being rescued. The wall space included just wooden beams and insulation, a space where no person should be living. This was mentioned by an officer who did an interview. The police told him who they were and that they were there to help him, and all he said was, thank you. It was a moment of relief. And on Saturday morning, Gregory was finally reunited with his mom after she drove from Florida. And we even found a video clip of them holding on to each other and it's extremely heart-wrenching. You can feel that Gregory just feels safe in his mom's arms. The boy's father, age 37, and the stepmother, age 42, faced charges of false imprisonment, cruelty to children, and obstruction. His stepmother's three teenagers were also arrested. Police said all five denied knowing anything about another child in the house at all. And also, a report says that they turned the lights off and were very slow to answering the door each time police officers arrived. And they were also denied bond. Gregory's mom, Lisa Smith, is now a U.S. citizen, but still refuses to comment on why she did not report her son missing. Gregory Jr. does not want his dad or stepmom to be in jail and says, quote, 
I just want to be free to live my life and let them live theirs. He would also like to become a lawyer to help others. And his advice to other children whose cries for help go unheard are, stay strong and hold on. But for now, this concludes this week's episode. And be sure to check out pictures of this case on our website at crimesaladpodcast.com. And we'd like to credit our sources, which will have the full list on our website. And as always, you're invited to join us on our Facebook discussion group, where you can post links to cases you think are interesting or share anything crime-related and meet other true crime salad investigators just like yourself. And feel free to invite a friend. And if you would like to help support us, follow us on Himalaya and write us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to us now to help other listeners find us. This really helps us move up in the charts so other listeners can get their hands on Crime Salad. Don't forget to share this podcast with a friend and follow us on Instagram at Crime Salad Podcast. Crime Salad is a true crime podcast delivering a healthy portion of crime. Crime Salad is a Weird Salad production. Are you kidding me? That was perfect. All the bloodlet, all the pain.